Welcome to A Cup and a Conversation. I am Grant Ongst, Community and Economic Development Director for the City of Brunswick. Today, I have Matt Jones, partner at Chagrin Valley Engineering and engineer for the City of Brunswick. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate, we're, we're appreciate glad, having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad to have you here. So, Matt, tell us about Matt Jones. But wait, I've got some questions <laughs> to guide you. Great. Thank you. <laughs> so... So how, let's start with you have you've got a long long ties here in the community in Brunswick, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, um, my parents grew up here. Um, so uh, yeah, my dad grew up on Hadcock Road. My mom grew up on Stanford Drive. Um, so while I've never lived in the city, you know, I spent a lot of time here as a kid. You know, at my grandparents' house. So uh, you know, I watched uh, I watched Hadcock Road get transformed into a city street in the 1980s. And honestly, I think that was one of the first things that interested me in, you know, getting into civil engineering. Yeah. And, and that's a good, good point. Matt, Matt is a civil engineer and he's frankly one of the best I've ever met. And I'm not saying that because he's here. I'm saying that because it's absolutely true. And his reputation precedes him in talking to other engineers across the state of Ohio, because we deal with engineers all around. In fact, all around the country that come in for clients and uh, do projects here in the city. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what's a civil engineer do. But uh, so, so you, your parents grew up here. I know you've got family here and you had family, even more family back then. Yes. And uh, then you grow up, you go off to college and you decide that you want to be an engineer. How does, how does that happen? I actually, um, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. I, I think I knew even before I got into high school that I wanted to do this oh, really? for a living. Yeah, I, I got exposed to it uh, in middle school at, uh, at sort of like one of, those, one of those career exploration things. I don't exactly remember the details, but, you know, I knew early on that I was interested in, in transportation, roads, cars to a lesser extent, but, you know, that's those have always been interesting to me. Um, and, and why do you think that is? Is that because of the of the movement or how things go from A to B or what 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 kind of drew you to that? I don't know. That's a really hard question, but I've always just been interested in it. I, I was interested in maps when I was a kid. I used to read maps all the time when I was little. Um, and Steve Jobs was too. It worked out okay for him, by yeah, the way. Well, maybe it didn't work out as well for me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you were interested in that and you go off to college and where did you go? University of Toledo. University of Toledo, home of the Rockets. That's correct. Excellent. Yeah. And and so you were there for, for uh, your uh, degree in civil engineering, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so you go to school for a period of time, four to six years, depending upon the courses of study and work and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Yep. Uh, during that time, did you have internships or how did, uh, how did that work? And then when you graduate from college, you graduate, but do you have to take any tests for engineering? Sure, yeah. So um, I did uh, have two different uh, co-op experiences while I was in school. Uh, one of them uh, was uh, at uh, Stephen Hovansig and Associates, which is a firm uh, in the Cleveland area. They're, they're based out on the east side, and uh, they have uh, a number of municipalities that they represent as their as their city or village engineers. So that was really my first exposure to the municipal side of things. Um, and I also, uh, while I was in Toledo, uh, interned at a surveying firm that was based in Toledo, uh, oh. so where I where I got a lot of experience doing field work. So okay, and so then then, then you have this experience, you really like it, you're continuing it, and you get a degree in civil engineering. Right. What does civil engineering mean? 
I mean, basically, it's the, the built environment. So, um, you know, there, there's a number of different branches of it. Um, uh, you know, there's the transportation side of things. There's site work, uh, structural engineering, which uh, is a significant branch of civil that I don't get into. Um, there's also the environmental side of things, which I do uh, have some experience with, particularly with stormwater. Um, there's geotechnical engineering, which, you know, we are kind of, you know, again, something my firm doesn't do, but it is something that, you know, is considered when we're, when we talk about, you know, foundations for roads and things like that. So, okay. Okay. So, so you get your degree and, and then, uh, I also happen to know that you have a PE license, right? What is that? Professional engineer. So that's, um, to get that licensure, uh, you have to have uh, a four-year degree in civil engineering in most cases. There's a few exceptions to that. Um, and uh, you have to pass a fundamentals exam, uh, which typically you take either during your last semester of school or shortly after. I took mine shortly after. Um, and uh, that's an eight-hour exam, uh, two four-hour modules, and you have to pass both, both halves of that. And then... Uh, after that, you gain a minimum of four years of experience working under a professional engineer. And then at that point, once you have the degree, the fundamentals exam, and the experience, you can take a professional engineer exam, which is another eight-hour exam. Uh, so those are, and once that passes and you pay the fees, basically, then at that point you become a professional engineer. So, so that's that's fantastic. And and it, it's not an easy exam. Either one of those exams are easy. And, and it... it uh, it also allows you to do what's called stamping of plans. Right. So it, it allows you to be the engineer of record for uh, for projects. Um, you know, and certain, it's way more important for civil engineers. Uh, well, I won't actually. I'm going to rephrase that. It's not more important for civil engineers, but there are more types of projects that civil engineers do that require. Uh, the the stamping of a professional engineer. So, like building um, a building, a foundation, a roadway. Sure, um, roadway plans in particular. Um, you know, most uh, municipalities. In fact, I think all municipalities by state law require that their that their city engineer or village engineer be a professional engineer that's licensed. Um, but uh, yeah, the, as far as the plan work, you know, most most civil engineering plans do require them to be stamped by a professional engineer who's involved with and has overseen the total project. you know not necessarily the person who worked on every aspect of it but right. they're the one that's you know overseeing the whole thing and and the plans were made under their supervision uh, interesting interesting so but when you're being an engineer especially in, in civil uh, you probably took a lot of courses in math or science or along those lines people yes. call it stem yes and uh, so that that's kind of important in your area isn't it extremely yeah so um the the first couple of years of engineering school and your for your undergraduate degree uh is almost exclusively math and science classes um you know you you end up taking you know several levels of calculus uh um probability and statistics to courses uh, differential equations, things like that. So it's whoa, I, you've just gone of, over my head, Matt. Yeah, yeah, and and to be honest with you, I don't know that I could sit down and do any of it right now. That was <laughs> you know, that was twenty five plus years ago, and and fortunately those days are behind me. But yes, that was uh, that was probably the hardest part about getting through college, the engineering uh, school, is sure. basically the, the the early 
couple of years of uh, math and also science classes as well. There's some physics classes, um, but those kind of tie into the math you're taking. So sure. if you figure out one, you can generally kind of work with the other. I, I've been told by other engineers um, that if you can get f through the first two full years, the rest of it should should move along pretty well. For the most part, yes. Um, you know, there are some elective classes in your third and fourth years that are a little bit more challenging. Um, but, yeah, the hardest part is definitely that foundational math and science. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, moving on, so, so you, you, you get all these credentials, you have this experience, and somehow you end up at CVE. Now, yes. CVE, um, it, it, has this been the premier opportunity for you coming out of college, or how did, how did they find you or you find them? Yeah, so I got hired uh, by Chagrin Valley Engineering uh, right out of college. Uh, I interviewed there, um, actually I think it was just a week or two after I graduated and ended up getting that job, uh, I think, three weeks after I graduated. And I've been there ever since. And, and is that normal for an engineer to come out of college and be able to find a, a, a position such as that you back, know, back then? Now... It's hard. It's really hard to find qualified engineers. Yeah. So it was um, the the market at that time um, was a little bit tight. Um, I did uh, I did have a, a little bit of an in with Chagrin Valley. I knew uh, one of the um, I knew someone who knew one of the owners. <laughs> okay, okay. So that was how I got my initial and, interview. And it's and and in this particular structure of the company. Uh, there are multiple owners. It's a partnership. Correct. It's so, a partnership. So there's there's it, there's almost uh, there's almost like a um, a team of people running the operation. It's just not just a traditional one person does everything. Right. And and that has evolved over the years as the company has grown. When I started there, there was only about 15 people there. There was five partners at the time, uh, the four original partners, and they had just recently added one when I started. Um, the company now has 11 partners. Um, I'm one of them. Sure. Uh, I, I became a partner several years ago. Um, but uh, the four original partners are all still there. Oh, wow. So, That's yes. tremendous. So so there's been growth. How, how many folks are in uh, CVE now? I, I believe we're a little over 50 at this point. Um, I That's think, tremendous. I don't know the exact number, but I think it's right around 55. Okay, great. Great. So so now now you, you're with CVE and you're, you're continuing to learn the trades because one of the interesting things about uh, engineers that I found is that they are learners. They're constantly learning and studying and trying to trying to help that next project and improve things. So eventually, you get to the city of Brunswick, and you become the uh, engineer of record for the city. Yes. And and how long have you been here with the city now? Uh, I was named city engineer in May of 2015, so a little under eight years. Um, okay. Chagrin Valley has been here since uh, 2004. Um, I took over for one of my partners. Uh, his name is Ryan Cummins. He was the engineer prior to me. We had an internal switch at Chagrin Valley that um, necessitated Ryan uh, to take a different assignment, and I, was, I had been working under him. Uh, working on a number of different projects for the city, uh, roadway improvement projects particularly, and also some stormwater drainage things. Uh, and I'd also been helping out a little bit with planning commission. So um, it was a natural fit for me then to come in and take over for him at that point. And, and you mentioned, well, and it's and from my perspective, it's been uh, nothing but excellent. So, But one of the things I, I've noticed in the, in the eight years that you've been here is that the... Um, 
the stormwater management has become a critical, critical part of what we do, more so than ever. And I think that's true of most cities in Northeast Ohio, because we've got a lot of old infrastructure. So when we mm-hmm. build something new, or when we or when we make improvements to something, we, we take that heavily into consideration. Sure. And and what what is stormwater management, Matt? Well, you know, that's it's kind of a broad-based question, but I mean, you know, it, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. I mean, it, you're, you're looking at both what happens on new developments and how to control uh, the, amount of, uh, the amount and the peak of stormwater that comes off of a new development, but you're also looking at, um, you know, how to manage it uh, within the existing already built environment. Okay, so so somebody comes in and they want to build a, a, a new development. Development meaning uh, multiple buildings, whether they be a neighborhood or commercial buildings, and there's already an existing set of structures like a neighborhood next door. Mm-hmm. And um, people get concerned and certainly understand that. Sure. We all do because yep. we, all, we all want to make sure our homes are safe and secure. Yep. And a lot of things they talk about are flooding. Right. But when you have a new development coming in, what what is it that helps this issue? So um, typically, the big concern, as as you stated, when when a piece of land gets developed uh, that either wasn't developed before or maybe was developed less intensely uh, and and a larger or more uh, you know a larger scale development comes in, you know the concern is well. Where's the stormwater going to go, and how is it going to be? Um, how is it going to impact the people next to it? Um, we have uh, ordinances in the city that require any such development uh, to control the amount of flow that comes off the site, um, but also, more importantly, control the peak flows that come off the site. So the way that's done is through stormwater retention or stormwater detention, depending on uh, the, the two terms are used kind of interchangeably. Um, but uh, basically what it means is that uh, the, um, the peak flow leaving a site has to be lower after development than it was before. And you do that by retaining some of the stormwater on site and releasing it at a slower rate back into the place where it would have otherwise gone anyways. And, and that release would be really over time. So Correct. Th- think of... Uh, Think of a bathtub. You fill the bathtub and you hold it, and then instead of flipping the lever, lever and having it all flow out real fast, you just move it just a little bit, and it slowly, and it slowly releases over time. Right. It's the same principle. So um, basically, what you're doing is you're creating a storage area on the site, and typically it's above ground. It'd be a pond of some sort, sure. whether it's a dry pond meaning basically just a, a low area that gets wet when it rains, or an actual pond um, that has additional area above it where additional flow can hit it and then slowly drop down to its normal level. Um, but that's, that's the idea. You know, there's a control structure at the downstream side of it um, that has a, typically an orifice, so a smaller opening, yep. uh, much smaller than the uh, pipes or the overland flows that come into the pond. And those, that orifice then uh, restricts the amount of flow that can come out uh, of, that, uh, of that detention basin. Okay. And that way the, the peak flows in the stream or the storm sewer that it ties into uh, are lower than they would have been had the development not been built. I see. Okay. And in many, many, and I would say not just in many, but most cases, it actually improves that flow of water from being sheeted across that land. Right. 
potentially creating other problems. Two, having it controlled now where those existing properties may actually benefit from a more controlled environment. Right. So um, an, an example of that would be if you, if you have a housing development that sits uh, downhill of an undeveloped property and that hill drains towards those houses. When it rains, you know, the, their backyards get wet because all this flow is coming off of the, the field or the woods or whatever behind them just draining down. So what we require then if that property gets developed is that we require that that flow gets captured uh, before it gets to uh, the, the homes nearby. So it actually diverts that flow into the stormwater control structure and away from the rear yards. So that's a prime example of you know, a case where uh, the development behind you would, could actually help your situation. Does that happen in every case? No. It's, it's all based on how the how the land lays and where you can put your drainage you know sometimes you'll have uh situations where adjacent development has drainage problems that are not necessarily related to the new development in that case what we can say is that the new development won't make the situation any worse it may not fix the problem if the problem's rooted elsewhere but it won't make the situation worse okay excellent excellent so switching gears for a moment um you know uh, who, who are some of the influential people in your life? Yep, out of left field. That's what we do here, Matt. <laughs> uh, you know, I could say that uh, I, I think one person that influenced me a lot, at least in my career, would be my father. Um, he, he was a teacher, but he also, uh, for a period of time, worked as, um, as a recruiter um, uh, for, for corporate entities recruiting engineers. Oh. And um, he was actually doing that uh, when I was in high school. And uh, he had kind of encouraged me to look into engineering. He not necessarily, uh, he w he's not an engineer. Um, so uh, he didn't necessarily know what was involved with what we actually did and which part of engineering might interest me. But he um, met with a lot of uh, you know, young people in their early 20s or whatever that are just getting out of college uh, and, you know, seeing the opportunities that they had. Uh, he knew that I had a decent affinity for math and science. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't a genius at it, but I was, you know, I, I was decent at it. You know, I had enough skills that I could get through the coursework. So um, I think he kind of encouraged me to go that route because he saw he saw the opportunities that were being presented to the people that he was working with, and I think he wanted the same thing for me. So I always, okay. you know, so that that would be where I would say, like from a professional standpoint, he was the one that kind of pointed me towards that. Excellent. So, so what about uh, you know shifting gears again? So, uh, what is your favorite donut? <laughs> I don't know what's the what's what's the nicest thing at Donut Land right now. You know that's when I walk in there and see it, it, it's whatever uh, appeals to me as I walk in. So it's whatever donut at Donut Land is taking place. Well, typically the whatever's uh, catching my eye when you first walk in. That's okay. that's pretty much uh, so. No deniability. You you like donuts. Oh yeah, excellent, <laughs> excellent. And your favorite donut place is well Donut Land. Okay, excellent, excellent. <laughs> what about pizza? Do you like pizza? I do. What, what do you think your favorite pizza place is? I'd have to go with Angelo's in Lakewood. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I grew up in Lakewood, um, and that's uh, that was my... Uh, Good memories. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, so if you're standing in line, let's say you're standing at the BMV. Now, you know, they've got the kiosk, so you don't always have to do that. But let's say you're standing in line at the BMV, and you're, you're standing next to somebody, and you strike up a conversation... 
What's the one thing that you hope that person you've talked with takes away from you? What is it that what is it that that discussion, whatever that discussion's about, what's the thing that you w- would want to impart into that stranger or that person you've never met before? Hopefully, that I was respectful to them. You know, I, I think that I, I I value that. You know, when people that I meet, I want to make sure that I. You know, I, I appreciate being respected by people, and I would hope they feel the same way about me after a conversation. Very nice. Very nice. That's a, that's a good answer. We've had some interesting answers with that question. So uh, what do you think people misunderstand the most about engineers, specifically civil engineers, of what you do when we have a project that comes into the city and we're going to build something? We always have people that are concerned about things. But what do you think is the most misunderstood thing? About engineers uh, in, in general? Well... We could start there. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that the thing that's probably the most misunderstood about engineers in general is that we are uh, strictly numbers oriented, that we have no people skills whatsoever. You know, uh, you know that, that's a stereotype. I'm not sure where that necessarily came from. I suppose it has to do with, you know, again, like the coursework that we take, you know. Um, but, you know, civil engineering and especially municipal engineers, uh, you know, that represent cities like I do, um, you know, th- there are a lot of uh, soft skills, I guess you would say, that are involved with that. It- it's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, working with contractors, working with residents, working with uh, the general public, uh, working with the political entities that-, that run the city, and certainly with certainly with our coworkers, which is the case for anybody. But you know, it's there's a lot of uh, people skills involved. That's that's really that's really great, and and that is very important. And in fact, here in Medina County, uh, through through our work in the economic world for the county, we've been spending a lot of time with the schools in a different program, focused on soft skills for students because that's so important when you go out and you talk to people, that you be able to shake their hand, look them in the eye, have a conversation, be able to present something. And I know that you do that all the time mm-hmm. in your role. You're, you're presenting at planning commission. You're presenting in front of council. Right. You're having to put together, put together prod projects and, and other things. So if you could have coffee, and I know, I know you're a coffee drinker. I am. Uh, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be and why? Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one. I could, I, I could go a couple different directions with that. Um, you know, on a professional level, uh, you know, the, the the one I think of is Teddy Roosevelt. You know, I mean, he's a guy that uh, was, you know, kind of early into the conservation movement and, you know, protecting the environment, uh, but also being able to enjoy the environment, you know. And, and I think that uh, I, I'd like to pick his brain about what was, uh, you know, what were some of the things that, you know, he saw, you know, in his in his travels 100-plus years ago. Uh, so not during the time when, when it was uh, Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders, but during the time of his... Uh, self-discovery, right, and 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 wanting to hence be a a steward of the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although he saw a lot of things beside that too. So I have a feeling that it'd be an interesting conversation. Very interesting um, conversation on a on a not professional level. Um, m- maybe Tito Francona. <laughs> you know, as as a Guardians fan, I would definitely like to uh, have a chat with that guy. And and <laughs> and that's that's. That's a great thing because yeah. you know Tito's been been around now. How long has has he been coaching? A while, yeah. I, I don't know number of years, but I mean it's it's been you know 
managers in baseball and especially in Cleveland don't typically hang on as long as that guy has. But so, he's he's been yeah. very been able to be very stable and and very calming in that he's, bullpen. Yes, that that's got to be a challenge, you know, dealing with the, the the different personalities that come and go. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing what he's accomplished with uh, on on a shoestring budget. You know, that's 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 great. So, what do you think some of your some of your upcoming objectives would be for? For the city in engineering, what's what? What are some of the things you're trying to accomplish? Well, probably the one thing that's been pretty visible in the city in the last couple of years is our efforts to uh, connect uh, the parks um, using using the using a trail system that's not necessarily affiliated with our existing road network. Um, and that's uh, the first example of that would be the Plum Creek Greenway project, which. Um, is, is something that uh, we've worked uh, in, in collaboration with the Medina County Park District. Um, you know, the, it's a multi-phase project that uh, the intent is for it to connect Plum Creek Park with Brunswick Lake Park um, on an entirely new alignment running through uh, undeveloped areas um, that were previously pretty much inaccessible. Um, the first phase of that uh, trail has been built and is already open. Uh, it starts uh, down in Plum Creek Park and uh, is is reaching Mooney Park at this point. Uh, uh, the second phase, uh, we've uh, just recently bid out. Um, it hasn't been awarded yet. We're still working through some contract details, but that phase uh, will connect the Mooney Park section to Laurel Road uh, and will include uh, a new uh, trailhead parking lot on Laurel Road, which will enable people to be able to uh, basically park at that location and head south of Plum Creek on the trail. Oh, very uh, nice. The, the third phase, uh, which is currently in design development, and we're working with the Park District to finalize that right now. In fact, we have a meeting with them next week to discuss some of the particulars of this. Um, will extend from that parking lot that's going to be built uh, later this year uh, northward uh, to Brunswick Lake Parkway. Uh, so when that third phase is built, we're hoping that that third phase will be able to be built next year. Um, these things do take time. There's environmental uh, uh, permitting involved uh, that may push that back. But our hope is that by the end of 2024, uh, you'll have a continuous trail link uh, from, from Brunswick Lake Park all the way down to, to Plum Creek Park. That is a fantastic project, and if people haven't been on it, they should go take a wander and, and, and uh, take a walk. Um, and see what it's like. You know, go go to go to Mooney Park and walk on down. Yeah, you and could also park at Plum Creek Park and walk north if you want to do that. But yes, yeah. right now there are you're able to uh, reach it from either end. That's that's fantastic. Yes. So so what makes you? What are you passionate about these days? What what's what's the professionally personally? What what is it that uh, is driving Matt these days? I mean, professionally, I think it's my desire to um, you know make. Uh, Brunswick in particular, but you know Brunswick's uh, one of several communities that my firm represents, and w one of a couple that I personally am uh, deeply involved with. Um, but my desire, especially with Brunswick, given my background here, my family's background here, is to is to just leave this a better place than you know where I left it from a standpoint of infrastructure. Um, I know that there are some challenges uh, with um, you know with the infrastructure in the city. So we talked about stormwater a little bit. Um, there's also um, you know, definitely some room for improvement on some of the older uh, established residential uh, streets. Um, we're working through uh, finding ways to get those streets improved and lasting longer. Um, you know, with with the with the funds that we have. Sure. Um, so um, it's been a 
it's been a real challenge for me over the last eight years, uh, finding ways to stretch the city's dollars and uh, be able to improve uh, the neighborhood streets. Uh, you know, and, and I feel like we've done a pretty good job of that. Uh, certainly there's more to go, and that's going to be the, the challenge going forward is to continue to find ways to do that as, as construction gets more expensive. Right. Um, and, and what about personal life? What's, what's the passion for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a great passion for my family. I mean, you know, I've got, uh, I have two sons, both of whom are, uh, um, you know, in, in their late teens. Uh, my younger son is graduating high school this year, and he'll he'll be uh, going off to college in the fall. And you know, I'm looking forward to the to what that brings for him. And uh, you know, my older son is as he you know works his way into the workforce. You know, that it's uh, it, it's been uh, it's been a real treat seeing that. And I'm I'm you know uh, seeing the growth and the sure. change, and especially now, I think at this point in time and age you really see that leap and forward as to okay maybe maybe we did a good job now <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course there's days where we question that right I mean I'm sure it happens with everybody but you know it, it's yeah it's been very rewarding uh, my wife and I have both been uh, you know deeply rewarded in seeing uh, them progress and, and it's been that's uh, great so, so that's been great yes. yeah yeah and and uh if there was if there was one thing you wanted to uh, change that you could change, whatever it is, one thing, and I'm leaving it very open ended on purpose. What would that one thing be that you could change, from Matt Jones to, whether it be Brunswick, the rest of the world, nothing nothing small here, Matt. We think we think big here, um, or or uh, personally or professionally. And sometimes, you know, that theory that you throw the pebble in the water. And the ripples, they, they keep going out, so it's it's a change all the way through. What what would you like to like to do to make a change or a change that could be positive or change the direction of something? You know, I think um, as I think about what what would I want to see changed. You know, I mean, I you you brought up the thought of you know one pebble can throw you know can be thrown into a pond and sort of make ripples. So it's like you know one maybe one person can't make uh, major changes, but you know they can do little things that could have an impact around them. You know, I I think as I think of that, what what impacts what I do the most is probably the way things are funded, right? And and I think that that's I, I would like to see. Uh, changes in the way we fund infrastructure, um, you know, at, at multiple levels, at the federal level, state level, and also at the local level. I think that, um, you know, we, we have a lot of a lot of challenges. You know, we have access to money uh, through grants and things like that. Um, you know, it'd be nice if some of those grant funds could be uh, pointed more towards where the city's needs truly are. You know, and, and, and that's the case, you know, everywhere. You, you do your best to find a match. You know, but I if I would like to see, I would love to see grant funding available uh, for for the things that the city uh, really needs to do, so that they're not stuck with the burden of paying for those things. Right, and 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 just to expand upon that a little bit, uh, funding in cities or other quasi government entities sometimes can be very challenging because the funds coming from the federal or the state local levels. Uh, become dedicated to certain areas, right. and you're not permitted to use it for other things. And right. so while most folks out there in the community might not understand why we're doing things we do, sometimes we don't have a choice that mm -hmm. we have to stay within those parameters. 
And, and that's what sometimes becomes confusing. Sure. Uh, you know, an example of that would be, you know, we, we get uh, funding from the Ohio Public Works Commission to do a lot of things. And we're greatly appreciative of that funding program. It's, it's one that's, uh, it's the state issue one that gets renewed every so often. And, you know, the, the state voters have, have consistently renewed that. And that, that's a good thing because it's, it's enabled us to, to make a lot of improvements to the infrastructure without having nearly the large impact on local finances. Um, but there are some restrictions. That That is a competitive... Uh, it, it, the city competes with other uh, communities in Medina and adjacent counties uh, for that funding. Um, and, uh, you know, so th they look at things like the number of people that benefit. Um, so, you know, for example, a, uh, a cul-de-sac street that's falling apart isn't going to score very well on an OPWC application. Um, you know, Laurel Road and Grafton Road scored very well in OPWC applications because they, they're community connectors. They, they access neighborhoods and they provide, you know, they, they provide a, a key transportation link for the entire city, not just for one neighborhood. It impacts more people, therefore it scores higher. So those were, um, so, so the, you know, those were streets that definitely needed uh, repairs. Um, one could argue that there were other streets in town that needed repairs worse, but we didn't have the same access to money to fix those roads. Interesting. That, that is very interesting. So, so we've talked about a lot of things, and we've jumped around a lot. Um, is there anything else that, uh, that, that, that you'd like to share? Like, for example, you know, what type of music do you listen to, Matt? <laughs> I'm all over the map on music. I, I was... Uh, um, uh, I was in the uh, marching band in college uh, and, and in high school as well. Um, you know, so we got exposed to a lot of different styles of music. Uh, you know, playing that. Um, but uh, I, I definitely. And um, what did you play? What trombone. You, trombone. Yeah, I, I played other instruments as well. But in the marching band, I played trombone. So. And do you um, still pull it out once in a while? And rarely. <laughs> so yeah, we occasionally will have uh, reunions at at the University of Toledo for the marching band. Uh, I haven't been able to attend the last couple of them, uh, but that's about the only time I ever uh, play anymore is when we go back for those reunions. Does, so. does it come back to the memory cells, though? I mean, when, you're, when you pull it out and you, you start, you start. What are you a slider? I mean, yeah. Is that what it is? Right, it's a slider. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> no, it, 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 it doesn't come right back to you. It definitely, uh, definitely have to fake my way through it at this point. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, what, what is what is it that that drives Matt? Is there is there one one thing about you besides coffee in the morning, and and is there a particular type of coffee you like or just coffee? <sighs> Whatever I can get my hands on, you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, coffee coffee is, uh, you know, at one point uh, when you look at the evolution of coffee and 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 other establishments that serve different types of mm -hmm. beverages. Um, uh, there was one point in history that that you could see the growth of the world based on how many coffees were available in coffee shops because people would be having their caffeine and they'd be creating these ideas all over the time. I read that one time in the Wall Street Journal. I thought it was very fascinating about how that process worked and where we are now. So. Yeah, so it's sort of an indicator of, uh, of what's happening around them. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Yes, so even though we've got a, a number of places you can get great coffee here in Brunswick. Yes, we do. We have phenomenal places. <laughs> yeah. Um, and more coming. Uh, it, it, it really lends itself to creative ideas, quite frankly, I mm -hmm. believe. So, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, 
Give me that question again. Okay. Okay. So Matt, you know, as we think about think about as we as we uh, look at something that drives Matt, that Matt Matt really, you know, this is something that that makes Matt wanna wanna keep going and maybe have a last comment or thought on. What is it that that Matt is looking to do and drive him? Besides the coffee you drink every morning, <laughs> what is it that drives Matt? We've talked about a lot of things. Yeah. We've talked about we've talked about some of your things you're most proud of and your and some of your passions. But is there is there one thing that we should take away from Matt and say that's what that's what Matt Jones, PE, engineer, husband, father, community member, giver to his communities, what is it that, that, that drives Matt? I think it's just a desire to leave whatever um, whatever organization or group or uh, or whoever I'm with, you know, just a, a desire to you know have have my associations with them leave them better off than they were uh, when I came into it. I guess if that if if that makes sense, um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, as, as engineers, what we look to do is, you know, improve the built environment around us. And that's, you know, I, I hope that when I'm done in Brunswick, we, we can look back and take a look at some of the things that we've accomplished and say that, you know, you know, the, the city's better off, you know, because of, you know, the involvement of the of the engineers that were here at that time. And I, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be a part of that. Um, and I feel the same way about, you know, any group that I'm involved with, or it be my, whether it be my family or, you know, volunteer organizations that I work with, you know, just, I just hope that, you know, by me having been there and done what I was doing, that they're, they're better off for that. That's, that's fantastic, Matt. We really appreciate your time today. Uh, and this has been a moment in time for a cup and a conversation. Until next time, enjoy.